0: welcome into the What's Up Peoria podcast. I am your host, Nathaniel Washburn, back with another episode for you, coming to you from the Amplify studio here at our main library in beautiful downtown Peoria. I'm excited. I am joined in studio by two guests. Our first guest is the uh, planning director, Mr. Chris Hawkins. How are you doing today, Chris?
1: I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Of course.
0: Thank you so much for being here. And I am excited because Mary Lou is back in studio. My trusty co-host back with me. Mary Lou, how's it going?
2: <laughs> I'm excited that I got elevated to co-host. You are. There this you is go. amazing. You've
0: always been co-host, it's, and it's,
2: I'm very excited that Chris Hawkins is here today. <laughs> me too.
0: Chris is great. Chris has got some awesome stories to tell us. I'm quite sure of that. Um, and we are going to jump uh, into to talk with Chris here just a bit. We are continuing our uh, Historic Preservation Month. This will this will be one of our uh, series. I think this is our fourth episode that we've done, fourth or fifth. Um, And it's been a great run. We've talked about historic preservation with Mary Lou. We've had some commissioners on from our Historic Preservation Commission. And we've really um, been able to dive into historic preservation. And it's been really exciting. Chris is going to help us do that Uh, from a a little bit of a different light. He's really going to talk about it more from the planning aspect and more from the city aspect. So I'm very excited about that. Before we jump into that, though, I want to let everybody know we do have a brand new email address that uh, you can use to email the show. Uh, Let us know what you think. If you have show ideas or if you have questions, uh, please feel free to drop us a line. And the new email is what's up, Peoria, all one word spelt out. And that's at PeoriaAZ.gov. Please Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. And as always, a big thank you to everybody who who joins us every single week for these podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Pandora, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We are there, and uh, we just appreciate all of you that tune in every single week. I'm really excited about the buzz about this show and having great guests like Chris on definitely helps. So with that, before we jump into the interview portion, as always, want to let everybody know what's going on. Uh, fun time of the year school is about to be out i know deer valley's last day is today and then next week peoria finishes up so all those kids are going to be out and about and doing all sorts of summer activities and of course one of the big ones right here in our, our peoria libraries is the summer reading program so just a reminder registration is underway you can do that now and it will kick off june 1st and this is for all ages children teens adults everybody can participate. There's prizes for all age groups. It's a great way to, to enjoy some family time reading together, especially if you want to do, you know, evening reading or tuck in reading. Those are this is a great time to do that. Adults, make sure that you, uh, you you do some reading as well with your family. Great way to spend some time together. Uh, you can do that June 1st to August 1st. And like I said, tons of prizes and fun things going on. The summer is packed with uh, events, uh, indoor and outdoor. And as always, I want to remind everybody, everybody. This summer, like every summer in the past, we have the wonderful 4th of July event, the All-American Festival happening at the Peoria Sports Complex. Mark that on your calendars. That is a great event. Uh, Roger Klein's going to be out there again, right, Mary Lou?
2: Yes, we're very excited. And as is, we'll be opening for oh, them. yep there so you go. we're pretty excited that, about having them.
0: Awesome. So it is always a great event. It's a chance to, to get out and enjoy. And it's free. It, it is. It's free. It's free, And that's amazing. And to me, it's a great way to get out and celebrate, uh, you know, and not forgetting why we do it, right? Our, our, our country's Independence Day is one of the best celebrations you can have.
2: And fireworks. Eh, fireworks. Always. Fireworks. They go well with anything. And hot and dogs, absolutely. too. Hot yes. Dogs. And you yes. gotta have hot dogs.
0: So it's going to be a great time. So make sure you mark that on your calendars. Fourth uh, of July out at Peoria Sports Complex. Always a great time. Uh, and always make sure you're checking into the special events webpage, the library webpage. For up up and coming events that are happening in our city, there's always something going on. Um, Actually, I was going to also mention uh, I don't want to, it's not for everybody, but tomorrow at Sunrise Mountain is the All American uh, doll, All American girl doll tea party, which is not for everybody. I understand that, but I know Mary Lou's like, what?
2: I actually took my daughter to the All-American Girl store in Chicago for her 10th birthday. and
0: It's great. And it's a tea party tomorrow at sunrise. So uh, if you're into that or you have uh, kids that are into that, check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. But there's always something going on. So check our events page. Check our library page. Check the city page out in general because you'll find something to do for sure. So make sure you're getting out to those events. Uh, We are going to turn to the uh, interview portion. Of the, uh, of the podcast. And as I said, we have Chris Hawkins here from planning. Uh, he is the director of planning. He has been in the city and I, I want to make sure I get this
1: right for over 20 years. Is that right? About 20 years? That's correct. I, I came to the city in 1999. So let's see, do the math. I think like 24 years, 24 years. Yeah, so I'm the dinosaur of the department now. <laughs> so- <laughs> He has more hair than me, yet he says he's.
0: I'm not buying that at all. Uh, uh, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you end up in Peoria? Uh, how did you get into planning that kind of thing? I, that that is a,
1: a a very specific area. So, what's your journey there? It is, and and you know, probably not a lot of people recognize what. City planning is, and that's actually a career. I certainly didn't when I was uh, growing up at all. I mean, we get applications sometimes for wedding planner and financial planner and all this stuff. And city planning is actually a thing. And <laughs> and I, so I've been in city planning over thirty years. Uh-huh. Um, spent twenty four here before I came here. I was in Washington State and I did um, worked at several places up there. I actually went to college for city planning. Now. Admittedly, (laughs) the way I got into city planning was a little unconventional. You
0: you, you say (laughs) it like
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's such just. I wouldn't like that's an awesome thing. I love that. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I I, you know I discovered that um, city planning really is an amalgamation of you know history and political science and geography and economics and and architecture and all that splashed together and that that was something that really interested me so that's how I got into that so that's 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 the uh
0: the the thing that drove you to planning was that all
1: right Uh, well not not totally (laughs) all right so I'll give you the I'll give you the dirt and how I got into planning so there was a girl I wanted to date in college right
2: there's (laughs) always a girl always I love this. so she said hey
1: you know Chris you know you ought to take this Planning class and I I don't know I don't know what planning is but maybe I'll get a date out of the thing right <laughs> so so I registered for this class and and I took the class and I loved it now I never dated the girl but we became friends but I loved the class and I ended up majoring in it
0: so question for you like have you looked her up lately and said, I'm going to take you out to dinner for giving me a 24, 30-year career. I know, right? Right? I should. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Like, hey, I know we never ended up dating, but because of you, I've had a 30-year, very
1: illustrious career. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. And and i got to tell you, my time in Peoria has been fantastic. When I got here... In 99, we were about 100,000 people. Wow. Well, today, we're probably eclipsing to 200,000. Yeah. <laughs> so during my time here, we've grown by 100,000. We've doubled in population. And we've just seen a lot of change. And it's been fantastic to be part of that change, that evolution of the city, for sure. That, that's amazing. And how long have you been uh, at the director level? Yeah, I've been director since 2012. So wow. I got here, and I, I was you know young planner with you know no gray hair and... <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to move up over the years.
0: Yeah, amazing. I mean, that's that's a, a, a amazing growth for you. And then to be able to watch Peoria grow mm-hmm. over the years, I'm sure, has been quite an amazing thing. And being in planning,
1: you really have a front row seat to the growth. You do. Absolutely. You're part of those conversations, you know. Perhaps when you're in college, you have these uh, ideas about what planning is. That like it's like Sim City. You get to decide where different things go. <laughs> I, love that game. I know it's one of my favorites, but it doesn't quite work like that in practice, right? <laughs> so yeah, you're having conversations with the developer and the community and and the council and different people, and then and it's really incremental uh, is how you see the community change. You're, but you're part of shaping the growth. You're part of shaping change. And you're at the forefront of that discussion. And that's what's exciting to me is that you're part of all of it.
0: Yeah, and you've played a huge role, obviously, in being here for, you know, as the, at the director level for over a decade. You've played a huge role in the growth and helping Peoria become what it is. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and your team because you guys do a great job. And, uh, you know, this is definitely one of those things with historic preservation because that's really yes. what we've been talking about is planning is 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 part of that on a on a different level. We've been talking more with the American Lou and I've been talking more about commissioners and more kind of that uh you know cultural aspect of historic preservation which is great it is but there's a planning aspect so you know in in that vein um what is kind of the the layman's terms yeah. in 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 for historic preservation so people
1: for people who may not understand that yeah i mean boil it down to its finest point historic preservation is a community story it's about People, places, and events. What are those people, places, and events that really um, tell the story of the community? Right. Those things that are most important. How do you protect those? How do you promote them? How do you create awareness? How do you celebrate them? And 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 really build your community around them. I think you had a you, you, you know you had Commissioner uh, Mike Fusco on a couple yes. of podcasts yeah. ago, and he had a statement that he said, um, "If you don't know where you've been." How do you know where you're going? Yeah, which was great. It was great. I Really loved that. Now Maya Angelou might have said that too, but I'm going to say Mike Fusco said it. I'm that going is with Mike one Fusco. Educated cat across the table from me.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> love that. I'm going with Mike Fusco. Yeah, you know what? He might have he might have stolen, but it's still a good line. Yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> but it's but
1: it's true though. You have to. It's that sense of authenticity, rather. You know, I, I mentioned that we've grown by 100,000 in the last 20 years. We have and a lot of new growth. But people, we can't forget that this community started a long time ago. It started right. in the late 1800s, right? It was a farming community and was a farming community for many years. And the Old Town Core, the, uh, the downtown Peoria, I mean, goes back to the early part of, the, of last century right. and the growth. And they went through lots of change. And, and we didn't really incorporate it as a city until 1954. So Which there's is, a, It's yeah. crazy to that do. Sounds, sorry to cut you off. That sounds on, so but. recent. Right, right. exactly. Doesn't it it yeah. does. So and, and on
0: that you know it, I, we talked about this on the on previous podcast Peoria as an incorporated city is not that old right, right. I That's mean exactly right and right. we we talk about that compared to some cities back east that yes. are 400 plus years old right and so historic preservation for us I think is very very new yes. because again what are we looking to preserve? How long have, have those things been here in Peoria? And that's, I think, where what, you know, what do you preserve? How do you preserve it? Those type of questions come up.
1: Right. And what would you say to that? Yeah, it's it's a very um, interesting question, very challenging question, because, you know, first of all, you have to know what's out there and why it's significant and why it's important. And then um, you have to understand that it's a balance. Um, As you look at development uh, in Arizona, we're a strong property right state. People have the right to develop the property. Now we have a lot of regulations that try to balance the community interest with the the, uh, private sector interest. But it's about trying to achieve that balance. So as you have a new development coming on board, it's um, having an understanding, is there anything on the property or in the area that has some kind of significance? And if there is, is there a way to either protect it? Is Mm -hmm. there a way to uh, celebrate or promote it? Is there a way to honor it? And so we have circumstances that, you know, we can't save everything. Sometimes you have buildings that may be functionally obsolete or properties that a developer has a different mind, uh, different interest to do, but there's still a way to tell the story of what was once there or why that land was once uh, important, or why it important. And you can do that through, you know, signage and placards and historic walks and, and storytelling and all kinds of events and things. You can still honor the history of that space. And that's a, that's a difficult, I think you mentioned the
0: balance, right? right. That's a difficult thing to do because... There are laws yes. that are in place and codes that are in place where you can't just say, "Hey, this is historic now." We're gonna, well, this is a historic building. We're going to do that because there's a national register that.
1: that Correct. So how would all that? Work? How does all that work with that balance? Yeah, and and so we actually have we have a local register of historic places, a state register, and a national register. Wow. And, and so the local register, it's uh, easier to get buildings on. Really, it's what are those characteristics of a building or site or space that is significant to the community and we can place things on there. Now the myth is, and this goes with the national register too, it doesn't necessarily protect it. Meaning at the end of the day, somebody owns that property. They had to consent to having that building space placed on the register. And at the end of the day, while they, they get benefits from that, they can make decisions on what they want, what the future outcome of that property is. And that's one of the myths about that. But I appreciate you yeah. saying that because I think that's a
0: big thing for people to understand that it's, And you kind of mentioned this with property rights.
1: If I own the property, I get to choose what happens to that property, correct? You do, in in line with... I mean, there are guardrails, like zoning. Right, okay. And there are certain regulatory requirements. But absolutely, you get to decide what you want to do with the property. And if I
0: don't particularly want to make it... If I owned an older building and I don't want to make it a, a historic property... I don't have to, correct? That's now, right. And a question for you on, because I've kind of wondered this. Um, now, like a city of Phoenix, they have neighborhoods right. that are zoned up, historic neighborhoods, like the Willow District. Did they do that as a as a whole neighborhood? Or is that, do you know how that would work?
1: Yes. there. So there are, are regulatory districts and there are, are heritage districts, which are more ceremonial. So in this circumstance with Phoenix, they had um, a number of properties or enough properties in that geographic area that met the, um, the criteria and the characteristics for placement on the register. And in that line, they were able to create a historic district. And what okay. that district does is it probably has limitations on how much change a building could go through. If there's a renovation, it probably has to come to the historic board to review those changes to make sure they're still consistent with that. So that's more of a regulatory uh, uh, area. A ceremonial area is if you have Properties that are significant to the community, but may not reach the status of having those characteristics that can can actually elevate them to being placed on a register. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a way of recognizing the historical aspects of it without regulating it. And there's a there's a lot of levels
0: to yes. go through with this. I mean, there truly are a lot of levels when you talk about a local. registry a state and then a national and i'm sure they all have their own you know their own little things that you have to be able to meet in order to do that they do it's a lot to get through
1: yeah and we've we've currently uh, i believe we have five properties or buildings on the national register historic places that's crazy. And so four in, in downtown Peoria and one, uh, the Palo River ruin up in North Peoria.
0: Yes. Yes. Which we've talked about. Yeah. it's quite amazing. We had a, a historic preservation commission meeting this last week on Wednesday, and that came up as one of those areas. And I know Mary Lou and I feel very similar about uh, that area. And it's cool. Cause we had ASU come out and do a survey for us and they surveyed the people in that area. And there was great interest from, from the people that they, you know, for those that knew about it, you know, really enjoyed having it in their neighborhood. So were you around during that the whole process of uh, uh, going through that building of that?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, we were. So you know, even going back to where we had a, a development case that was proposed in the area, and then and then we became aware of the significance of it. And the way we become aware of it is the developer has to provide a cultural survey at the onset, and that is done by a historic uh, historic professional, and they determine what's there, is it what the level of significance is. And then that there's a recommendation that tells you what level of protection is oh, in okay. place for that. So in that case, uh, the level of protection was to bury it, but then acknowledge it and, and recognize it. And I think some of the artifacts might have been shipped to the state library too. I believe they were, and, yeah. and I
0: think a few of the artifacts went back to the tribes. Right? I, I believe yes. too. Yes. So which is great. We love that. And We want to make sure that those artifacts are are kept and 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 going back to those area, to, to those tribes that you know will definitely be able to have them on display play or whatever it is they want to do with absolutely them. that's so very right. cool so obviously you know your career in in Peoria spans you know decades and that is very cool to be able to you know have watched the growth what have you seen in Peoria I know we kind of touched on this a little bit but it's it's so amazing to me because you've been here and you've seen all these things happen what you know do you have any stories about how these these things have you know the
1: growth and the craziness of it Absolutely, I mean, so uh, interesting story. I mean, we're, we're you know, downtown Peoria, in particular. I'll talk about that. We're, we're trying to um, rejuvenate it, redevelop it because at one time it was a, it was the center of commerce in the city. And what happened after World War II to places all across the country with, you know, highways being built and um, people being able to locate in, in far flung areas is you saw a decentralization, people moving out of the core, moving to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're seeing now is a recognition that. People want to come back to these older areas. They they enjoy walking. They enjoy restaurants and and and, and coming into contact uh, informally or formally with other people. And they enjoy those types of spaces. And I think you're seeing a kind of an interest in in, in accomplishing that. So, old town, or downtown, whatever you want to call it, we've done a lot of things to try to prepare the groundwork for. The next stage, which is um, private sector redevelopment of that area. And so I do have some stories because we, we have a lot of people that have insight into how downtown has changed over the years and and um, no less than um, the late Priscilla Cook. And she was an amazing woman, longtime resident of Peoria. Um, she was on our Historic Preservation Commission years ago. Oh, but okay, I really enjoyed her. We actually took oral histories of her because she has so many oh, stories wow. she can tell you about every property in the city and and what it used to be. And and I remember one time, kind of a funny story. We were going on a walk. There were several of us going on a walk of downtown. And um, the old Edwards Hotel, mm-hmm. right, there is a um, very large tree um, that's a huge tree that's just um, next to the property along 84th Drive. And we stopped, and she says, see that tree right there? She says, pick up one of those needles and, and taste it and we're looking yeah. around going <laughs> i'm going to put a, a dirty needle in my mouth what am i doing here but apparently the story behind that is is that though that's a tamarack tree and um you know we had a lot of pioneers from the midwest and a tamarack tree was very popular up there and when the farmers and pioneers came down here there, there was you know a lot of desert plants and there wasn't a lot of shade plants and so they Ooh. were planting tamarack trees but what they discovered though was that the needles would drop and they would be cons- they would have a lot of salt, and they weren't really good to the farming, I guess, the farming oh, disposition of the area. So I did put one of those dirty needles in my <laughs> mouth, and she's absolutely right. It do taste like salt. But Wow.
2: <laughs> so- did you know that, Mary I did not know that. I didn't yeah. know that
1: either. I, d-
2: I-, I do know that tree, though. Yes. I remember that tree.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now,
0: you see, when somebody tells a story like that, don't you want to just run over there real quick and be like all right, I got to try it just once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put this, on. Yes. I'm try the needle. That's interesting. So th- yeah. it's like, that's stories like that are great. And yes. And people, you know, like Priscilla who, who have those stories. And I'm so happy that you say you captured that oral history. Cause that, that's huge. One of those things we've been talking about too, is how do we capture? Yeah. Because that's part of the preservation. And, and we've, that's one of the things we've talked about. It's not just buildings. Correct. Preservation is really about the stories. And yes. long before there were any national registries, we, as a human race, that's how we preserved our history, was through Absolutely. storytelling. And so I think that's got to be an element of
1: it. It's a very important element. It's a big part of it. And, and we have to understand that You know, when we develop, we look out and we think, oh, this is virgin, undeveloped land. No, that land had a story right. before there were other people here and things happened in those spaces before we got here before that development got there and we have to we have to remember that
0: absolutely yeah. L- living in Peoria I feel better that we have a Chris Hawkes at the helm of planning <laughs> right? it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside well <laughs> and, and
2: you know what's interesting and, and I have a question for you Chris yes um, because of our growth and because the, uh, ama- the the quickness of the growth we have so many people moving here that have no idea about the Peoria history and how long it's been here like, they're coming to these new, bright, shiny uh, subdivisions, how do you make this uh, relevant for those people that are just moving here, that are new to the community? Because we know we have the people that have lived here a long time. It's very relevant to them.
1: It is. And we're such a a, a large, uh, kind of a far-flung city. And it's important that I I would submit, probably a lot of people may not realize that, this area is part of Peoria but we're all one community and how mm-hmm. do you how do you bound a community together we're not just a collection of subdivisions and and you know developments we're a community and i think what what is the glue that binds that community together is its history its story yes. and we have to find ways to Uh, amplify those stories to promote those stories to celebrate our history and understand what we used to be and how and how can we thread that in the future so as we redevelop downtown you know there's architectural influences that we can thread into new buildings there is um you know Events and spaces that can kind of pay homage to what had a, what that story was, and I think that's the way. That's the glue that binds our communities together. I love that. And Mary Lou's talked about she went to San Antonio
0: recently I and talked oh, I about love San Antonio and talked too. about the Alamo and how yes. great that was. And she kind of mentioned that as uh, maybe you know a, a really good blueprint of how a city does historic preservation. Do you have any that you've have you visited any cities in America where you're like, man, they did it right. They really nailed it with the storytelling
1: with the preservation is there anything that sticks out to you so i am a so despite the 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 story about uh how i got into planning i am a planning nerd (laughs) meaning i I absolutely believe that chris (laughs) absolutely no i'd love to read about uh city development i love when i walk around the city i like looking at the buildings and how those spaces are organized I love history. And so I've been to, I've been uh, fortunate to, to have gone to a lot of um, really interesting cities, New Orleans and Savannah. Mm, yeah, okay. I'm going to be going to Charleston very soon. I'm oh, very, very cool. excited about that. But all those, you know, th- like as you said earlier, those are 400 years old. Right. You know, and they have an element of history that they're, able to continue and celebrate and build as part of their economic development. And people want to go there. They want to hear those stories. They want to, because it's, it's, a, it kind of, it, it talks to our founding as a country and mm-hmm. as a, and as you know, as a people. And so those things are really important. Those are great cities, Philadelphia. There's a whole host of them all across the country. Yeah. And, and a
0: lot of them are back East, right? Yeah. I mean, we
1: got to be honest, a lot of them are back
0: East because they're, that's where the history of our country started. Yeah. and And so I think it's cool. And and i've said this on a couple of episodes that there's a blueprint there is there's something that we can follow it's not we don't have to reinvent the wheel to in order right. to preserve we can look at what other cities have done what have other cities have done well maybe even what cities haven't done well right and you look at that and you learn from it and you say yeah we're going to do that we're not right. going to do that so there's definitely a, br- a blueprint there and uh, obviously your understanding and knowledge of this and and it's quite obvious that you really do love planning because you wouldn't be in it for as long as you you have right, been right. and with the passion that you bring to it you can hear it in your voice and i love it it's it's fantastic and i know you there's great things to come for you and your team absolutely with this growth that's going on um any anything coming up big for you i mean it's always something right
1: there's always something going on yeah, no, there, there's all kinds of things, and the thing about um, our department and our profession is it span, you know, it spans a whole different areas. I mean, we're part of the economic development uh, push. We're yes. part of. Uh, development and redevelopment. We're part of, you know, trail and open space uh, preservation. So we've got our hands in a lot of different things and that's what makes it interesting and exciting. It's not just the stuff coming through the door with development, but it's all kinds of things and, and we have a voice and, and we're able to kind of take our collective um, understanding over different things and really, um, you know, put it in one area as we're going forward. So it's been really fun.
0: I love it. And again, I, you know, having somebody like you at the helm of planning with your, um, you know, unbelievable knowledge and, and experience, but also, like I said, your passion, your passion is there. And I think that's important. One of the things I love about Mary Lou as our director is that her passion for arts and for learning lifelong education. It is what draws people to you, Mary Lou. And I feel the same way about you, Chris. I feel like that's a, uh, it's a charisma thing that you, people are drawn to that. They want to be around people who will love what they do right it's important so Absolutely. Yes. very cool well uh, Mary Lou any last questions So for, I do for have Chris? another question uh, because oh yeah well, was, okay because I,
2: I, I, I am a little bit of a, a history nerd also and <laughs> and this is why I get excited about visiting all these different cities and I take a million photographs and I think about you know what came before us so when you're looking at the interests of the community the people who live here and the interests of developers how do you weigh those different priorities? And and I know you have a, a parameters and a code and and that's all kind of built in. But what are the challenges for you and your staff when you're looking at that?
1: It's a, it's a big challenge. Um, because you're right. You you added one dimension up. You have a developer, a owner, and they want they're looking to accomplish something, right? Right. And we have certain codes and regulations from the state that we have to observe and we have to implement. But then we have to understand that what's on that property, and not just from a historical aspect, but we, we want to protect our, our significant washes and our, our uh, native uh, stands of vegetation. We want to protect our hillsides. So we have codes, and we have things to try to, if not... Um, completely preserve it minimize disruption to those areas so it's really trying to balance all those things also understanding what the what the neighbors around it might have what their interests might be what their wants might be and and we can't always make everybody happy but we try to try to weave through it and, and accomplish the most, trying to optimize or maximize the, the best outcome. And it's very challenging, believe me. And you've, <laughs> you've seen us at those meetings. It's very challenging. but Yeah, planning meetings always a lot of fun, right? Oh, absolutely, right. Yeah. Everybody's
0: got a voice yes. and everybody's got an opinion. And yes. your team has to take all of those voices, all of those opinions, all of that, kind of put it in the, the yes. cauldron and stir it up. And that is
1: not an easy place That's to do. That's right. And, and we have our scars, believe me. <laughs> so, I, I can imagine. It, it is such
2: a thought process, though, yeah. and I and I appreciate that because um, in seeing what different cities do and and how they prioritize, and I I've often said, you know, what you spend time on, what you focus on, is what's important, what's truly important. So, right. I, I will say that our team in Peoria has done a really great job.
0: It, and, and to me, the, the the proof is in the pudding because you've been here f- since ninety nine. You've been director since two thousand twelve. Yes, that is over a decade of being the director of this department and. The growth is there, the proof is in the pudding, the planning has been great, Uh, the foresight has been great as to where not only it's, it's not just what you're doing now, it's what you're doing five years from now, what you're doing 10 years from now. And that's where I see Peoria has done a great job over the last decade of just being prepared for the future. And and I've had water services in here and I feel the same way about water. They've Mm. done a great job of saying, hey, we know where we're gonna be in five years, we gotta be prepared. And your department's done the same thing.
1: No, I appreciate that. And I think, uh, and you mentioned water and there's others that that are worthy of being mentioned. Absolutely. collaborate with a whole host of group you know Mm -hmm. whether it's um engineering or water fire police i mean um Neighborhood Human Services. Everybody, they're all part of that. We've got some great professionals at the city, and they've been wonderful to work with.
0: We do, and I think you know. Again, I say this all the time, but living in PR, I feel very, um, very lucky that we have people like you, that we have great directors like Mary Lou, who who have a vision, see that see what needs to be done, and then have a passion to get it done. So, thank you, absolutely. thank you oh, for it's that. My pleasure. And thanks for joining us today. Uh, half an hour flies by when you have awesome guests and great conversations. So. There will
2: be a part two with Mr. Hawkins. Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> Because Absolutely. we we
0: did get a little bit into that story about the girlfriend. I know there's other <laughs> ones. We gotta we gotta get those out, Mary Lou. Exactly. We gotta get I we gotta agree. get those stories now, out. Now your and homework
1: is to put that needle. Go try that needle. I definitely down am going to do that. <laughs> so,
0: I, can I'm you not pick doing it off that. The tree? Do I have to get it on the ground? That's no, the... you can
1: pick it off the tree.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, as he goes, there's a dirty needle. I'm thinking, hey, could you just pick it off the tree? And because I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm, but, uh, I. But there's not a lot of foot traffic there. So <laughs> That's maybe right. Be all right. Mary Lou's given a. (laughs) Come on, Mary Lou. You can do it. Just one. I grossed her out. (laughs) Uh, that's great. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Come on. We could do it. But anyways, Chris, thanks again oh, for coming so on. And much. I agree. Definitely a part two. We will get uh, Chris back in here. Be happy to uh, be. you You had some great stories. And again, thank you for all that you do for the city uh, and for your continued uh, you know passion. And just um, it's quite obvious you are an intelligent cat. I said that before, and we're glad that you're on our team. So oh, Thank you so much. I you appreciate bet. it. You bet. Mary Lou, as always, thanks for joining me. Thank uh, you, as, Sir Nathaniel. As the co-host, the, the and yes, you are the co-host. We're not, you're not losing that title. You are awesome. And I love it when you, you bring it. This a, is
2: amazing. I got a promotion you, you, and I didn't even apply for no, it. No, I know. <laughs> awesome. You, 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 bring a, you
0: bring an energy that I can't do on my own. So <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. So uh, as always, uh, you know, we are excited to be bringing this podcast to you. And there's always a ton going on, Peoria. As you can hear from these interviews, we are we are very lucky to have the people that we have working in this city who love this city and want to see the, the, the prospect. Of Peoria, so I'm always uh, just I'm, I feel so blessed and, and humbled every time I get to do an interview like this. It's so awesome. So uh, make sure you're getting out to the events. Just a reminder: summer readings coming up. We got uh, a big summer planned with uh, the the uh, All American Festival, and there's a lot of things going on with summer camps. There's always something fine, something to do, and something to find to do in Peoria. So make sure you're getting out there. Make sure you're enjoying Peoria. I know it's going to be a little hot coming on, but there's still something to do. So thanks for tuning in and we will be back next week. I'm hoping with another uh, historic preservation. I have a guest hopefully lined up uh, for that one. It's a little tentative right now, but this historic preservation journey has been awesome. We're going to round it out next week. And then, just a quick tease, in two weeks, we are going to start a public safety uh, two-part series, and I'm not going to give too much away on that. Mary Lou has been instrumental in helping me with that, and can't wait uh, for for that to start. So that will be kicking off in June. So keep tuning in, because there's a lot of guests coming up that are, are going to be just like Chris. They're going to have great stories, and they're a big part of Peoria. So make sure you're tuning in. As always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to my guests. And until next time, this is What's Up Peoria.